Welcome to Football After Dark, everybody. <laughs> He's Matt, and I'm sad. Aw. <laughs> I am number one Chiefs fan and Pat Mahomes lover, Matthew Dustman. Yes. Across the table from me is our other host of the day, Super Bowl champion, and now... Lego winner. <laughs> <laughs> Corey Clement, who is not going to be on my bench next week if J.H.I. is injured again. I dropped myself this week. But oh, we're not you? talking about fantasy right now. We're talking about actual football with people actually working. I can. Yeah, you're right, though. Uh, to my right is kissed his sister, Justin Cutlip. What? <laughs> the tie. Tie game's oh, like kissing oh, your sister. Okay, Shut up. <laughs> And after beating him for the first time in Pittsburgh since 1986, I'm really happy. But here is Nate Kuyper, professional sports broadcaster. And you know what? I can't even be happy about it. I can't even, like, gloat to Kuyper about it because he's the one Steelers fan. He's like, yeah, it's whatever. I, I like it about him. I, I, I like that we have that, like, uh, well, he's, other than I get really mad at Chiefs games in general. You? He's Andrew Lucking you. He just sacked him, and he's just go. Oh, good hit! <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know he's he's hitting me with the Andrew Luck, but I, I'm I I want more like uh, our friend Thomas who said he didn't want to talk about football ever again and didn't come over. I wanted to like go to yeah. him. Yeah, good man. Have ten people over football at my house. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna come at Pittsburgh game, and then hey, shut the fuck up. No, I, well. We, I didn't he know the story. introduced the show. Yeah, I can start talking. <laughs> no, we're not done yet. You don't talk until it's time for the da 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 da. It's the Jubber Report. Uh, not. Oh man, hold on a sec. <laughs> <laughs> Stop talking. God damn it. Okay, I guess we have to continue our intro while but, Justin gets ready. But I was I, I watched the game yesterday and I was sad. Like, what? Well, I we can understand. Sh- we should have lost. Like. Oh, okay. You're talking about. I'm talking about the Saints the Browns. Saints Browns. Well, yeah. we were gonna. I thought we were gonna bring that up because yeah, I want to. I want to know. Last week I asked you. Oh yeah, this is Nate Kuyper. Now I'm talking now. Um, and Matt was right. I'm kind. I'm. I'm the one sports. I'm the one Steeler fan. Matt might know. That's just like, eh. It was a good game. Every now, Steeler, every Steelers fan that walked into my work yesterday, I like. Now I know. Go Chiefs. Now I'm still not like. I'm still frustrated. I'm not frustrated that we lost, though. I'm frustrated for a different reason that I'll talk about. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was kind of funny that last week's episode, <laughs> I kind of just looked at Corey and I was like, okay, like, what happened? And now this week, even though they won, I can kind of do the same thing and be like, Corey, what happened? <laughs> like, right. why why did that happen? Okay, so uh, I, I'm wearing a Kenny Vaccaro jersey right now. <laughs> you are. You are wearing the number 32 Kenny Vaccaro, former Pro Bowl safety for right. the Saints. And safeties do a lot when they take over the top of the field and they try to limit people's throwing it down the field. Yes. Uh, we don't have that safety anymore. We signed somebody from the Panthers. I forget his name right now. Um, I don't remember his name. Yeah. Uh, but fucking Reed is in free agency, and we've given up three... 30 plus yard touchdowns at least the past in the first two games. Yeah. We need help over the top. Like go out and sign somebody that can help offenses not take advantage of us not having a lid on our defense. For God's sakes, go get Eric Reed. Right. Somebody like Eric Reed's to. a free agent. If you're if you're want to if 
the Bears need to get him. Like somebody needs to get him. Like right. It's it's ridiculous that he's still out there. Uh, when there's all these te- if you want like a Pro Bowl safety in your defense, you just need it. Like he's a good he's a good safety. He's a really good safety. So anyway, yeah, anyway, are more we- in that. More than that to come after this week's Jubby Report. I'm a jub. I'm a jub. I'm a jub, but do the report. Yeah, yeah. That's me. <laughs> The, that's what I wrote down this week. It's the jingle for the after jingle. It's the after jingle. It's the after yeah. jingle. It's the jingle I'm, for the jingle. I'm waiting for the day that your intro for the Jubby Report is just, welcome. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Jub. I, yeah. I, I, get yeah. That. I get that on, I think on episode like five. I just, just introduced, there's six. I just introduced it as Jub. Anyway. And I start talking. Anyway, in, in what I'd consider one of the most shocking moves since the season started, uh, Josh Gordon has been traded to the Patriots for a fifth-round draft pick from the Browns. Uh, I, I, I'm getting to the point where I think they've solidified themselves as the most self-destructive team in the NFL. The Browns? Yeah. You don't think this was a good move? No. To move on from him? No. Okay. Because a lot of people think it was. I, after the, especially after the four games he delivered that team at the end of the year last year, should have... Given him enough leeway to and then playing moving playing in Pittsburgh on a bad hamstring and catching the game tying touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Remember when we remember? Oh God, Josh Gordon. I think he made a tweet that did not age very well, where he said that he's like he tweeted he's like, man, Browns probably have the best wide receiver core in the NFL. Like all of them are gone. Uh, yeah, aside from Landry. Yeah, Landry's the only one left. I don't understand. It's one of those things where my my opinion on it was like you protect the guy so much and you like work so hard to keep him you know I don't want to say under wraps but you do so much to protect him like you keep him off of hard knocks to keep him away from the media and then he injures himself at a team promotional shoot and that was the final straw. Right, that was the straw that broke the back. Like, that's just that the was, weird. Yeah, that was that was what forced you to get rid of him. And then they said, "Oh, we th- we thought he was in the in like the process of relapsing." Right. Like, how do you determine So, like what I'm assuming right now is that there's a huge power struggle in the Browns front office. You have Hugh who's not Dorsey's guy. You got Haley that's not Hugh's guy. Right. And they're just all fighting for the power, and that's why uh, Gordon started last week, and then Hughes said, well, if you're going to pull that shit, you're not going to fucking have him. Mm-hmm. And then Dorsey goes, what the fuck? And <laughs> yeah. No, if this you... This is a trend, man. Dorsey, like, for, for no reason, he cut Jeremy Macklin on the Chiefs. That was, that was the beginning of the end for him there. Yeah. And now he goes to the Browns and is like, well... We've we've uh, helped Josh Gordon through all his transgressions over the last few years. He's been healthy, good. Oh wait, he hurt his hammy outside of practice. Cut him. Yeah, I will say this about the Patriots, and this was my hot take about this about this this trade. It's a fifth round pick. 
that they gave up for him. Yeah, okay. uh, a, a five a five buck box. Yeah, okay. One of the best receivers in the NFL. I'll 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 say this. Well, we don't know that. Um, uh, this feels very desperate for the for the Patriots. This is the most desperate thing that I think they've done because think about think about what Bill Belichick and his whole concept is about. And think about how I guarantee you he's at the point in his career he doesn't want to deal with players like Josh Gordon at this point in his career. But they are so desperate for help on the offensive side of the ball that they are actually willing to take the gamble on a guy who, A, we don't even know when he's going to play because apparently his hamstring injury was so bad that he went to go see a specialist about it. And two, while I think he's made good strides to stay sober, like if the Browns were right that he potentially might have relapsed, then you essentially just gave the Browns a fifth-round pick for no reason. Yeah, um, there's a conditional. Oh, no, there is a conditional on, on pick, the, on yes. On the trade offer. But, but that, I just uh, feel like this is... Start 10 games. But here's the thing. The Patriots weren't really aggressive in getting Gordon, essentially. Until I'm sorry, we're we're all looking over at the the Bears Seahawks game that's currently going on right now as we're recording, and we're pretty sure that the Bears just got a safety. Um. Anyway, like, remember that it was it it was yesterday that talks began about where Josh Gordon was going to go. Correct. That's that's when that happened. Um. But the Patriots weren't really aggressive in getting Josh Gordon until today, which is Monday. Right. So, essentially, the Patriots went down to Jacksonville and got their asses kicked. Not That is not an exaggeration. Like, the final score of that game does not indicate the Jaguars whipped their ass for the majority of that game on offense and on defense. And the Patriots woke up on Monday and said, wow, like, we need help. We need somebody. And the only option right now is this guy. And I'm not trying to say Josh Gordon isn't good. I'm just saying that this this feels very desperate from the I, Patriots. I don't I don't see it as desperate. Like if it was like a second round or third round pick, I'd be like, all right, that's a little bit desperate. But it's a conditional fifth yeah. round pick. Well, here's why they were able to get away with it as a conditional fifth round, in my opinion. If the Browns hadn't come out and said, yo, we're dropping this cat on Monday, they would have been able to field better trade offers. Because then otherwise, Patriots are like, Patriots might have given up more for him. Knowing that the Browns were ready to just drop him anyways, they knew they didn't have to give up as much. Yeah, apparently that fifth round pick from the Patriots was the best offer they received. Even, I mean, 10 teams, like, I think it was like 10 to 12 teams, 10 teams offered. San Fran, yes. Dallas, yeah. amongst them. Yeah. I just think it was very shocking to me that the Patriots would take on a player with that many, like, I don't want to say he has, I mean, he has issues clearly, but I don't know. I don't I, know. It's, I, that's the, if they, if he doesn't work out, they cut him. They're not right. sentimental. They're not going to lose sleep over it. Uh, oh no, no, no absolutely not. If they cut him, they don't lose the draft pick. Right. Uh, mm. Because he won't start 10 games. Right. But so it's not, it doesn't seem desperate to me. Uh, but it's very high upside. Like it's yeah, you, you have very you have high. a possible like thousand yard receiver. 
at least mm-hmm. at most if that's, he if, that's his floor if yeah. he plays i think if he stays healthy and you know and that i think that's the other thing is that like if he's if he's actually like hurt and he doesn't play potentially for like um what am i trying to say like if he doesn't play say like his hamstring injury is bad right he goes to the patriots and they say okay he's not going to play for a month right a lot of people are comparing this to like the randy moss thing like oh this is the best outside receiver that the patriots have had since randy moss right because he is but the difference between him and randy moss is randy moss didn't take two years off of football didn't come onto the team with an injury and had an entire offseason learn the playbook do you know what i mean like josh gordon yeah he's really talented but i mean i don't really know how much he's going to be able to contribute right away he just learned he just had to do an entire offseason learning Todd Haley's playbook, which is pretty intensive, and you know that. Mm-hmm. And now he's got to go learn Josh McDaniels' playbook. So it could be it's gonna be tough, but um we spent a lot of time on this and we're still in the middle of the Jubby report. But, yeah. But then, but that's a, like a big that's a big topic. It's it's probably the so, biggest story this week. Yeah. So you know a little more lighthearted story. Uh, good old Vince Magic has been tearing it up through week two. Still doing excellently. He's going to continue doing excellently through next week. Um, he had a pretty amazing post-game conference. Wearing Deshaun Jackson's clothes. Yeah, which was just great. The chest tears mine. That's oh god. <laughs> That's so it. funny. Uh, I really hope that he ends up being the starter there, just because Jameis Winston's canceled, and I want him in the pit. Oh yeah, you you you've been uh you've been the Jameis Winston in the pit guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. throw him for, in the pit. I, him. I haven't liked him that much. I've either, been I've been I, done with him for you know ever you've since this whole like thing came out. You've been huge done done with him. Yeah. I've been done with him. Actually, I was done with him last year when he wasn't very good. The only thing I'll say about Ryan Fitzpatrick is that every single Jets fan on the planet and every single Bills fan on the planet, one that we know, is like, don't do it. All of them, every single one of them, is like, don't do it. They're like they're screaming at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Tampa Bay Buccaneers like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are like that uh are like that that superhero meme where he's got the two buttons. And like one of them says Fitz Magic and then the other one is just just that just says no. And it has a picture of him on the Jets and him on the Bills and and like the dude is like oh no. Like that go with it. I mean J- James is going to come back, but as long as as long as Look at it this way. Fitzpatrick's still even, doing well. Even if he doesn't play, even if he doesn't throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns against the Steelers, he's still the starter. Can we say that? Like, he Jameis to is going to come back, but he's she should be the starter. Regardless of the result of the Pittsburgh game. Why wouldn't he when he's going up against the worst pass defense in the league? That's true. Yeah. He's, he's a better passer than, than Jameis, for sure. That's true. Maybe this is, maybe third time's the charm, and this is the real Fitz magic. Maybe. Maybe maybe it took him thirty thousand years old. Yeah, <laughs> they only needed they only needed him to be good one time to get a Super Bowl run. That's true. Maybe this is the Bucks year, even though we had that. Well, I know I did, and I don't can't remember how many of you guys did. Pegged as the worst team in the NFC. I had them at six wins. They're not. They're gonna. They're one of those teams. They're like the Dolphins, where they're gonna be really like they, they don't know they're bad yet. Yeah, like that. That def- their defense is still really bad. Uh, Miami's like that. Tampa Bay's like that, and the Jags' offense is like that. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. So Carson Wentz, 
after all this time. Yay. Finally coming back to the NFL next week. He's going to suck. He's going to start up against the Colts. Yeah, he's going to have a little, a lot more padding to work with because the Colts' defense is not good. Their pass rush is decent. It's okay. It's decent, and they have like a good corner. Yeah, in Malik Hooker, a good yeah. corner. Um, I just think happens. I just think he's going to be stiff and just not play very well. Yeah. Uh, either way, you got to give him reps. Yeah. Um, Look at Deshaun, for God's sakes. Right. I don't think it'll be as bad. Right. Because Wentz is more experienced and everything. Uh. But I'm, I'm I'm happy to see him back. Yeah, I really am. Uh, I am so too. I think so is like literally everybody else. And it's a good thing. He he showed so many good flashes of brilliance last year, and he's, he's an MVP if he doesn't get hurt. Right, so. exactly. If he stays for the rest of the year, he's probably MVP candidate. Right. Bills running back and possible jail boy, Lashawn McCoy is confirmed to have cracked ribs and will miss time in Buffalo. They oh. are just uh. Oh yeah, to make things worse. <laughs> Two-time pro, pro Bowler Vontae Davis retired during halftime in their game this week. I can't do it anymore. Coach him out. It's completely unprecedented and, quite frankly, a little hilarious. All right. Did any of you see – I don't know if any of you watched the show. Did any of you see First Take when they started talking about that? I did not. No. I, I Damian Woody, who former Patriot, Super Bowl champion. Damian Woody was like – I would have fought that guy like that. Like Max Kellerman was trying to kind of say that it was kind of funny because like, oh, man, the Bills are so bad that their teams quit or their players quit at halftime. But like Damian Woody's like, Max, there is absolutely nothing funny about this at all. He's like, if that had been me, like if that had happened to me, I would have. And Victor Cruz is there too. Victor Cruz is like, oh, yeah, I would have tried to go out and find him in the parking lot. Like that is not that is not cool. And like just the way they were talking about it, I was like, "Holy!" Well, you like, so think about oh it. My think God. about it. Locker rooms are families. <laughs> Decore, De- we're not talking about fantasy, but Decore just losing fantasy because of a garbage time touchdown. They just got a return touchdown. That's insane. I was just, I was just up against Russell Wilson. Oh, okay. I thought you had the Bears defense. Oof. Rip. Russell Wilson's the worst quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Untrue. Anyway, we're mo- we're not talking about fantasy, but anyway. Oh yeah, okay. Like I was saying, locker rooms are families. The 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 bond between men in the locker room. No, it, they're, you, they're brothers. They're families. They're extremely close. To quit on your family like that, you had a rough first week. You come in, you yeah, come into this. Well, you come into this, maybe he himself was doing all right, but the team in general, rough. Team's having a rough go of it, and it gets to halftime, and you're losing again, and you're just, and you come out with that BS quote about, well, it just hit me. I don't want to do this anymore. You quit on your brothers like that? That, that it, you stabbed 51 other men in the back. Way more than, I mean, the coaching staff. Oh, yeah. Every single person associated with the Buffalo Bills. And, like, I talked about it on my on my show this morning. I was like, I don't know Vontae Davis. I don't know his mindset. I don't know what type of person he is. But I know for 10 years he's been, in, uh, at the very least, an above-average cornerback. I mean, he's gone to the Pro Bowl t- two times, you know, in 10 years. Absolutely nothing that Vontae Davis has ever accomplished in his entire career matters now. Because every single place he goes, no matter who he talks to, the only thing he's going to be remembered for is you're the guy that quit at halftime. 
And like, if he's okay with that, then man, dude, credit to you because that is a that is a image that I, I couldn't even fathom living with that. Like, yeah, it's gonna haunt him for the rest of his life. Lorenzo Alexander's like video was like, oh my god, like they didn't he didn't even have the he didn't even tell anybody. Like, it would be one thing. I mean, there was a million better ways for him to do it, right? Obviously. Yeah, wait until the game's over. Yeah, like if you if you don't want to go out there again, just sit, just sit. Yeah, just just tap out. Say, guys, I can't do this. You know, send get someone else out there. I'll stay here. I'll try to help out where I can. And then after the game is over, say like say that. Say it in front of everybody. Be like, hey guys, you know what I mean? I can't do this anymore. You just bounce at halftime when no one can see you, and you bail. Like he left the building. <laughs> like it wasn't even like he got dressed and showered and stayed in the locker room. He left. He left the building. That's it's just, it's just unheard of. The I, I saw one funny video on it. Uh, Mo City King on Twitter at King Karan, K I N G K E R A U N. He he made a funny video about it. It was just like acting, you know. It was it was funny. That's good. I, I retweeted it on uh, Corey on Sports at Twitter. Yeah, go go cool. check it out. Oh, you have one more story in the job. Two more, two more stories. Two in more the stories in the job. This is a long job. Yep, long job. Well, we we had a lot of discussion. Right. That's why? There's only there's only a what six story uh, job. To be honest, the, though, like week one kind of was short on stories. A lot of stuff happened in I, week I two. Like out. a lot of really notable things happened in week yeah, two. Yeah, I left some stuff out in this. Yeah. Uh, some really important news. After what I thought was way too long, Dan Bailey's finally been signed. The second most accurate kicker in the NFL has been signed. I posed this question before we started recording. Who wins, the second most accurate kicker of all time or the Minnesota kicker curse? I don't know. Does uh, does Dan Bailey have a drinking problem? <laughs> <laughs> because we that... all know that the only success the Vikings kickers have is when they have a drinking problem. Is that true? <laughs> oh, can we? No, he'll be fine. Real, real quick though, can we just mention that Dan Bailey got an offer from the Browns and said nope, and then he got an offer from the Vikings and he was like, sure. He's oh, like, oh, man. I can get another ring. Dan, Dan Bailey's a smart guy. Yeah, Dan, Dan Bailey's smart guy. Oh, I can get a ring. All yeah. this time, I can finally get a ring. Right. I mean, that's what he wanted. He wanted to go to. He a knew he was team. gonna get the call, so he yeah. was gonna ball. Right. Yeah. So. Oh, Deion Sanders. So, so yeah, the Browns signed somebody, and it's like only the Browns would force their kicker through a groin injury, allow it to cost them two wins, cut the kicker, then replace him with a kicker who has never kicked in the NFL and made sixty nine and a half percent of his attempts in college. They didn't do that. That's Ram, what they did. Rams signed a kicker off that they signed off the couch last year. Who's I don't think they, right? That's the same guy. They do know that like Kicking. Cairo Santos is available, right? Right? You, why, like, why would you, why would you, like, not sign him, the Doink it's, Man? It's a, yeah. The, the Rams signed the same guy that they had what, last time their line was. Yeah, there. yeah. And he was fine. Yeah. So, but Dan Bailey going to the Minnesota Vikings is dope. That's good. That that's the, uh, clearly clearly in their like pretty disappointing twenty nine twenty nine tie to the Packers. Which we'll talk about need, that. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a little bit here. But uh, they they clearly needed the more consistent kicker. Right. So Dan Bailey will give them that. Mm-hmm. And the curse, curse, despite the curse, whatever you want to call it, Dan Bailey is too accurate. Right. It'll be fine. And? And finally, the Redskins 
have been surprisingly active in signing wide receivers this week, signing both former Raven Brashad Perryman and Michael Floyd. Uh, they just, I mean, I, I think right now they're just looking for uh, warm bodies, people with hands to catch those Alex Smith checkdowns. Only person that needs to catch those are Chris Thompson. Amen. I was gonna say you're gonna mess. Him. Oh man, ten catches again for him. Oh, I loved it so much. That's a good dude. You reached on him, and that was a good pick. Yep. So not talking about fantasy. not talking about fantasy. I'm sorry, I can't help it. Um, the name of the episode today. Not talking about fantasy. I'm talking about fantasy. That's cool. All right. That so. was a job report. I hope you liked it. Yay. Ugh. All right. So fucking Pat Shermer's a pussy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to. I wanted to. I wanted Corey to go first because I Corey did some like after the game was over uh, or the ga- while the game was going on on Sunday night. Corey messaged me and was like, "Tomorrow I want to." Um, he's like, "Did you say you're going back to watch all of the Giants' offensive snaps?" Right. I didn't because I don't want to kill myself. Right. <laughs> but he's. Okay. All right, so it's the same thing that I just had a problem with Nagy, uh, whose defense definitely carried him that game as far as offensive play calling goes. Uh, I don't care how creative you are. You still need to take shots down the field. You can't just throw two or three yard slants and check downs and everything every play and expect to get first downs. Right. You need to take some intermediate shots you need to like you know take some outside runs and he didn't do that giants had 11 plays on a drive go for 23 yards because of penalties and half more than half of that was a 13 yard catch by i think it was ingram it was either ingram or not shepherd it was somebody else right and it's like what are you you have one of the most dynamic offensive talents in the nfl what are you doing who's really good on slant routes as they showed no, not even, in the game I'm not, I'm not talking just about odell i'm talking about everybody they have they have sterling shepherds who's one of the should be one of the better possession catches but you don't throw it down the field for him to possess it possess possess, possess it yeah possess possession catch it uh you that's have, tough to say yeah you have angram you have you know Barkley caught Barkley, like eighteen passes. Right, because he kept he wouldn't throw it more than two yards down the field. Is it? Do you think that they just okay? Because you watched that game, and someone brought it up on on Twitter yesterday. Like Nate Solder went to the to the New York Giants, right? right. And everybody thought like, man, Nate Solder's like a top ten tackle in the NFL and all this shit. Dude, Nate ta- Nate Solder in the first two games couldn't stop water if he was a dam. Like, is that? As, as ridiculous as it sounds, and everybody knows I'm a Tom Brady guy, there's no possible way, right, that Brady made Nate Solder look good, right? Right. Like, I can't imagine if that's it, the truth. That can't work. If it, that's, that's the that's truth, to make that work. If that's the truth, because a lot of times Nate Solder, no matter what Brady does, Nate Solder has to block the guy. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It that doesn't he's matter going up against. You, so like, matters who's in front of you. Is, do you think? Do you think it's? Your is Eli just shot? Is that what it is? Does Pat Shermer know, and he just doesn't trust Eli Manning? Yeah, I but mean, you have Odell, dude. He can one hand catch anything. You remember that? Remember that's that what old, Chris Collinsworth tells me. Remember that yeah, old YouTube series? Will it blend? <laughs> I saw this meme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have not. You've got okay, to describe so it. You take, 
You take Otto Beckham Jr., who you just signed for, what, a $91 million contract. Yeah, yeah. And then you take a big second overall pick on Saquon Barkley in the Giants' offense. Will it blend? Two weeks in, the answer is no! <laughs> it will not blend. <laughs> like... The play calling was horrendous. Now Dallas is Dallas's front seven's really good. Like that that's a good that's a good pass rush. They have good linebackers. But you're right. Like right. watching that game, I was here watching that game and like it like man. It was sick to watch. Like you're just squandering all this talent on defense. And they had a he had to see something in Eli that he liked over the preseason because that why would you cut your backup quarterback that Everybody on your team fucking liked and praised all the time. And then not take Sam Darnold. <laughs> right. Who fell to you when no one expected him to. Even the defense praised Davis. Like, yeah. Davis Webb. For Davis me. Webb, yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, that's hard. That's a good defense. And if you're getting yeah. praised from your defense, like, there's nothing we can do to fucking stop him, why would you fucking cut him? Just because he's not your guy, just because you came in here and it had to be big dick energy, like, this is my team now. Go fuck yourself, Shermer. You're a fucking pussy. <laughs> if oh you you God. couldn't handle the press in Cleveland. And, right. And now you expect to be able to fucking handle the press in the toughest market. Is it because he's a Manning? What, that he's... That dead? that that man that Eli is is as protected and as whatever as he is. Like think, dude, think about Eli Manning. Is literally known for being like the worst quarterback in history to win multiple Super Bowls. Like that's literally what he is. Let's be honest. Right. Eli Manning hasn't been good even with Odell. Like Odell's been really good, but Eli has been like bad. But he's a Manning, and then last year when Ben McAdoo benched him. And put Geno Smith in, the media absolutely ripped Ben McAdoo apart because they, he benched Eli Manning. So then Pat Shermer comes in and says, "Well, if I bench Eli Manning, like, I couldn't handle the Cleveland media, right? How exactly. This? But that that like caters to your point that you, like he's you just need to fucking go to Eli and be like, look, nobody here fucking wants you. <laughs> <laughs> Please retire." We'll give you. We'll pay out the rest of your contract, fully guaranteed. Just fucking quit. You know what's crazy about like about that is like Eli and Philip and Ben all came into the league at the same time, and all three of them played yesterday. And you would not think that was true. Like with the way Ben Roethlisberger was playing and the way Philip Rivers was playing, like wow, man, they they look all right for being as old as they are. And then Eli Manning goes out on Sunday night against the Cowboys. Who essentially have to run an option offense, pretty much. That's pretty much what they do now. That's all they got. And, wow. He's got a really good running back. Who, by the way, Barkley was actually, like, impressive in that right, game. Right, he like, was. Barkley was making a lot of, like, I don't think I, I saw a single a single one guy make a tackle on right. him. It the takes, first guy never the, took yeah, him down. The first guy never brought Barkley down. And it was just like, wow, like, that's really impressive. Yeah. Why aren't you throwing the ball to Odell Beckham Jr.? Right, that's like, really impressive, why? but you're still only getting one yard per touch out of him. Right. Like, just because you can't get your offensive line to mesh. And it takes time for offensive line to mesh. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to say it's all, like, that's all it is. Mm -hmm. 
as far as Nate Solder goes and everybody else. You lost your starting center. They did, yeah. Uh, is it for the year? Or is it? For- oh no, he's done. He yeah. broke his. He broke like two bones in his leg. Okay, yeah. He's- so he's done. Right, and that. But it's just you need to you need to just go to what works. Right. In the NFL, like you're not deep you're not, to intermediate passing. Right. You're not. You're not a genius. You're not going to change the game overnight. Mm-hmm. Like just, you're not Sean McVay. Right. And look what Sean McVay does. He takes fucking shots down the field when he's up 12 points, 15 points still. So do the Jaguars now, apparently. <laughs> so apparently that's just what everybody does. Right. You just got to be aggressive, especially when you're playing people like Zeke and right. Derek Carr and Tom everybody, Brady. Everybody's seen enough Kansas City come from behind losses to know that you don't give up. Right. Don't put everyone watch the Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl against the Patriots. Don't go conservative don't ever. Take don't take a foot off the gas. Yeah. Ever. Don't ever ever do it. Doesn't matter. The NFL talent in the NFL now is too good. It's too co- it's too offense friendly. You have to keep scoring no matter what the score is. Unless you're unless you're the Baltimore Ravens playing the Buffalo Bills and you're up by 30 and then you can put in Lamar Jackson. So. And then all right, so Nagy just did the same thing in this last game. Like he had the, the game just ended, by the way, right. for those of you that are listening, like time bubble. So uh, he he just try to get too cute and creative. I don't care how many times you're going to put your wide receiver in the backfield. You're still going to go three and out if you don't take a shot down the field every once in a while. Right. And your quarterback can't complete it. <laughs> right. Which sometimes that happens with Mitch. So. Right. No, that's fine. I, I get it. I I was interested to see like, because when you messaged me that yesterday, I was like, oh man, like Corey's gonna get Corey's gonna be so fired up. It's gonna be great. I need to like join Reddit or something so I can find like all eleven film of. <laughs> that would be games. great. God, I would love to have that. I'd love to have access to all eleven film. It'd be awesome. All right. So if we're gonna, if we want to talk about a quarterback that can push the ball down, yeah. The field, let's. Can, oh, can let's, we? Let's, can we talk about? Have you heard about my Lord and Savior Patrick Michael Mahomes? <laughs> All right. The next thirty minutes are going to be me and Matt going back and forth about this football game. Oh so. boy, Patrick Probably Mahomes. Not, but I mean, I've said this on Twitter already, so I don't mind saying it in the podcast either. Pat Mahomes, if you're out there, you do whatever you want to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a cougar i i will he a cougar he's only three years younger than me two years younger than me he's i can so younger than me <laughs> cradle robber <laughs> i i don't even care it was his birthday today it was his birthday today as we're recording this and i just i love you notice me <laughs> i'm gonna come see you in cleveland in a few weeks um it'd be cool if i could like just say hey <laughs> how you doing <laughs> Can, can I get a photo? Can I uh, right. shake your Maybe, hand? Maybe uh, get a dinner at a cheesecake factory after the game. <laughs> All right. No, we we prefer. What, where did I? Where did I? Where did I take uh, Tom Brady, Ruby? To oh, you it? took him to Hardee's. Hardee's. <laughs> you took him to Hardee's. You want you want to go to Hardee's? I do a lot of investigative journalism like, there. You go. You go to cheesecake factory. You can go to the melt. You can go to the one of the many barcades. Let's go to Hardee's. Yeah, just go to Hardee's, man. Dude, he's he's a jean short wearing NASCAR going quarterback. He'd go to Hardee's with me. Is that true? He likes NASCAR. Yeah, he was at NASCAR races in jean shorts. I didn't on know the that. Season, yeah. Oh yeah, I remember seeing pictures of that. Just, shit was hilarious. 
His dad looks like he's been in some hard times lately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I always forget that he had a father who played in the MLB. And I just put in a Pat Mahomes on Google mm-hmm. the one day so I could look up his how old he was. Uh, and his father came up, and I'm like, "Is this a mugshot?" Like, <laughs> it was just his team photo. But so, uh, uh, so Pat Mahomes, you know, most touchdowns. Are you to actually going to read NFL... off the stats? No. Yeah. Oh my god. He, most, most touchdowns uh, in the first two weeks in NFL history, beating Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. At least he beat Peyton. Uh, thank I, God. Thank just God. Fuck Peyton Manning. I agree. Um, he had more touchdowns than incompletions. He had five incompletions, six touchdowns, three hundred twenty-six yards. Was I? I want to see his exact thing. I know he had a one hundred fifty-eight point four QBR. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the perfect. I think it's one fifty-eight point three for perfect. But I don't know how he had four, five incompletions. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. There's no way no, he no, didn't have a perfect. He's off from the perfect. I think it take. I think it takes into consideration potentially. Uh, it might take sack yards into consideration, and he was sacked one time, and he also yeah, fumbled maybe. once. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, twenty. It's a. Th- it's a dumb. Twenty-three metric. to twenty-eight for three hundred twenty-six yards, six touchdowns. This week, it was the uh, Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins show. Both had over 100 yards receiving. Could not be stopped. Tyreek Hill still had 90 yards, though. You know, he, he still... You know, good teams can shut down one playmaker. Better teams can shut down two playmakers. Great teams can shut down three playmakers. I don't know how you stop four. I don't know how you stop Kelsey, Watkins, Hunt, and Hill. Well, the with Chiefs. Mahomes. The Chiefs are stopping Hunt because he hasn't been very good. What are you talking about? He he had like forty yards rushing. He yesterday. had seventy five yards rushing on seventeen carries yesterday. Seventy five yards? Yes. I mean, I mean to be fair, like twenty of it came in the final minutes when they just ran the clock out. That's all you need, but, baby. Yeah, it's true. All right. That's really impressive, man. Chiefs offense good. All right, hold on. I just want to pose a question. First of all, I want to pose a meme question to Matt. When you're, because I we somewhat mentioned, I, we I thought you were going to ask what did it cost. <laughs> no, 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 because I'm going to get to that. Oh, okay. I'm going to get to that. Okay, so you are watching. You're not watching the game. You're at work. Oh, I'm watching. The game. Well, you're watching the game. Whatever. Okay, you're watching the game. Look, I had it on my phone. I still no, worked. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're but fine. I had it on my phone. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Okay. So, I'm also Matt's boss. <laughs> so you go. So you go up. Hold on. Wait. So you go up twenty-one nothing. Oh yes. Here we go. Okay. And then you watch Pittsburgh go 21 21-21 going into halftime. What are, What is your thought process? All right, like let, let, I can't. I just take me in the mind of Matt Dustman at that moment. All right, let me let me let me let me throw it down for a minute. My dad once wanted to beat I'll the. Be right back. My dad wanted to beat the Steelers probably even more than I did. Yeah, he his his work is full of those obnoxious type Steeler fans, and they always give him shit. We haven't beaten them in Pittsburgh. Since I really 86. hate. Can I just say, I really hate obnoxious Steeler fans because they make me look bad like i know that's i know that sounds really petty but like i try really hard to not be an obnoxious fan and like i try to put my love of football before my love of my team as much as i possibly can right as a as media as a a member of the media yeah like as a as a person that like works in the business i'm supposed to do that 
damn, like it bothers me. But yeah. So like, I don't blame your dad for like being like, wow, like I want all those people to. So we're we're watching. I didn't have to work until like two thirty ish or so. So I watched the first quarter at home. They they go up seven nothing. Me and my dad are like, yeah, we're cheering all sorts of stuff. They three and out go up fourteen nothing. Another like almost three and out, or no? They went down the field, missed the field goal, and yeah. we went straight down the field and scored again, twenty-one nothing. I'm yip hollering, my dad's like screaming, like it was it was insane. But then you go to work. I no no not even before work. It, it was it, it was before I went to work. I got messaged by another friend, like man, you guys are kicking the Steelers' ass right now. And, like, yeah, I'm excited. I'm in the moment because uh, Pat Mahomes just does things that are amazing. And, I mean, we're up 21 nothing, and I'm happy. But already, you know, the seed <laughs> has been planted in my mind. I've seen one too many times. <laughs> and it hurts. <laughs> so I- I'm already, like... Don't take your foot off the pedal. Keep going. I want to be up 48 nothing if possible. I don't want you to stop. Mm-hmm. So I go to work, and I have a message, and I'm like, you guys are kicking the Steelers' ass. And, and, and I replied to him, I, we're up a lot right now, but Chiefs and big leads early in games put the fear of God in me. And <laughs> <laughs> the, the Steelers went 21-7. We go three and out. 21-14, we have a somewhat sustained drive, but then have to punt, and they have a two-minute drill to end the half. 21-21. And then all of a sudden, like I, I showing Kuiper another meme, like Steve Krell in the office, unhappy face, and the subtitle is, I am ready to get hurt again. Yeah. <laughs> I was ready for it to happen. I expected us, like, it's a tale as old as time. <laughs> I was ready to come out in the second half, us run the ball two times and get an incomplete pass, go three and out on our first drive, and then Ben takes the ball down the field and scores, and they go up, and then we go three and out again, and then the Steelers score again. That's what I expected to happen. So that doesn't happen, obviously. Mm. But what started to happen, obviously the Chiefs, like you said, ultimately ended up winning 42-37. to But, okay, so you go up 42 42- to 28 right and then kareem hunt <laughs> gets tackled in the end zone for a safety we get the ball and we score make it 37 42 in my mind i'm watching this game and and i was like and to be fair uh the specific play if you time stamp just from my perspective that was matt's perspective this was mine uh we went down 21 nothing and i was like well this game's over <laughs> and uh then we went up 21-21, and I was like, well, the game's not over until one of these two teams stops the other one time. Because neither of these two teams are going to be able to stop each other. It's clear. Well, it, you, because, you would because, think that. You would think that. But other than if you like, if you take out – if Chris Conley doesn't fumble, if Chris Conley doesn't fumble in the fourth quarter when we were sustaining a drive to put the game away, and, you got, and that's when you guys scored your second touchdown yeah, yeah, to yeah. come within five – if Chris Conley doesn't fumble and we uh, put the game away there as we were already had the momentum to, the Chiefs would have only given up seven points in the second half. Yeah, I know. My thing is is that, okay, so Chris Conley does fumble. So then Chris Conley fumbles and we score again, and now it's only five points. And, you're, <laughs> and then my only thought was like, Matt right now is, is on the verge of walking out. Because 
walking out and like just drinking the gasoline from the pump. <laughs> like Matt, Matt is so cool because Matt, I guarantee you, Matt, because I knew the game was over. I'm like, what, the, and the thing that I was going to say was that from my perspective, I'm watching the game, okay, 21, 21, okay, whatever. And then it was 28, 28. I'm like, okay, see, that's my point. These two teams are just going to go back and forth and score on each other. The moment the Steelers lost the game was the third down and two to Ryan Switzer that Ben overthrew him. Which, by the way, Ben Roethlisberger threw for 300 and, what was it, 430-some-odd yards. He would have probably thrown for 500 had he not missed every single deep ball he threw. He overthrew everybody He all missed, game. like, to Antonio Brown alone, which might be the reason why Antonio Brown is so mad. Antonio Brown was wide open twice, and Ben overthrew him by, like, five yards. That's not Eli Rogers he's overthrowing. That's not James Washington he's overthrowing. He's overthrowing Antonio Brown. Like, the, the one person who you wouldn't expect him to ever be off target with He's now been off target with him in two consecutive games. So I'm sitting there and I'm just like, this is just... And the, the main frustration that I'm coming from, which I guess I'll get to, is like, I'm not frustrated we lost. Because if you'd have told me that the Chiefs were going to score 40 points and we'd only lose by five, I'd be like, okay, whatever, that's fine. I'll take that. If they're going to score 40, at least we are close. You know what I mean? At least our offense didn't just roll over and die. Um... But again, like when it got down to that point where we were only down by five and the Chiefs had the ball with like we had two timeouts and the two minute warning, I was like, dude, Matt is <laughs> because if they It uh, was bad. It was right. really Be bad. Because in that moment, I was like, dude, if the Chiefs don't get a first down right now, we're going to win. And I don't know what Matt's gonna do. <laughs> like to have a quarterback throw for six touchdowns, more touchdowns than incompletes, and then lose, I can't possibly imagine what you would have done. So what, what? I'm almost for your well-being, <laughs> I'm almost thankful we lost. Because I don't know what you would have done. The tension was high. That first at, at that first play, the uh, Cream Hunt went up the middle for eight yards, and then it was second and two, third and two. I was like, oh, my God, please, please, for the love of God. And then we got the first down. But then be, where we got the first down at, because we got it on second down, we still had a – we were still put in a position – to have to punt against you guys yeah. and give you a shot at a Hail Mary or something. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Would, would, which, I know, I think I know the answer because the one was a playoff loss. But losing a game when you had more touchdowns and losing or having a game where your quarterback threw more touchdowns than incompletions be a worse loss to you. Uh, I mean, it'd be rough. It'd be rough. It'd be up there. Like, this one would be up there for sure. I feel like the playoff one is even worse for me. Because it, it was the playoffs, right, I that's think. What yeah. I, that's what I said. I think I know the answer. Yeah, no, and that one just that one still jades me on that Eric Fisher holding call that wasn't a holding yeah. call. I'll take that to my grave. I, yeah, that's fine. I mean, the, only, the two things I'll say, one is a question about the Chiefs, and the other is my essential opinion on the Steelers through two games. I know, and, and trust me, dude, I'm not trying to rain on the Pat Mahomes parade. I'm really not, because he play, he has played about as well as you could possibly possibly play. I think in watching both of these Chiefs games now, it's not like he's throwing the ball a lot. He's only, what do you, only have like 28 attempts, right? Was it 28 or 29? 28. So he had 28 attempts, but he had 300 in however many yards, 326 yards. Yeah. 
So they're not asking him to drop back and throw a lot. They didn't ask him to. They asked, I think he only dropped back, what, 25 times in the first game, right? And he had over 300 yards. I think a lot of and, – and what we really haven't seen from him yet is what he is known for, which is those crazy backyard Aaron Rodgers-esque run around, throw off your back foot, and try to make a big play. We haven't really seen him do that yet. We've seen some well, we, flashes we, we've of seen, it. We've seen some deep throws, but it's, you know, when Tyreek's burning somebody or he hit that pass to Sherman on the sideline. I think what what else you get from him are the speed and velocity. Yeah. The, some the, of those throws big, that he... His big arm is not showing in the how far he's throwing it. His big arm is showing in how fast he's throwing it and fitting it in tight windows. But my question was going to be, do you think that... Because I don't think they've... This is going to sound really weird. I don't want to say it the wrong way. I feel like they've had somewhat of a, of a passing attack that's more like, okay, get the ball in their hands, get the ball in Kelsey's hands, get the ball in Tyreek's hands, get the ball in Watkins' hands, and let them, let Kelsey run after the catch. Let Tyreek burn double coverage because he can. And get out. Let Sammy Watkins get in space and break tackles. Do you think that Andy Reid is kind of, in a way, holding the reins a little bit on him because he knows that if he's too reckless and starts turning the ball over, that your guys' defense isn't good enough to keep in the game? He's not Obviously, he's not shackling him. It's not like what Matt Nagy does with, with, uh, with Mitch. I just feel like Andy's got a very tight leash on Mahomes. I, I don't see it exactly like that only because in my watch of his play he has done every kind of throw he's made the deep throws he's made the short throws he's been his touch throws have been amazing his bullet passes have been amazing he's been obviously he's been accurate i just i think some of it is defenses knowing that he can throw the deep ball that right now the big the thing that defenses try to stop against and they have someone deep to stop the deep ball so our answer to that has been the underneath right. and let run. Right. I feel like no. Again, I'm over the moon. Uh, I'm exaggerating a bit on like how good Mahomes. I'm not totally exaggerating because he has been. Yeah, he's been historically am- great. Yeah. Historically great. Yeah. But I know it's unsustainable. I I NFL defenses, NFL defensive coordinators are too smart. Pat Mahomes has weaknesses. We I mean we've talked about some of them before. The gunslinger mentality, the throwing the interceptions. Mm-hmm. The things that we're expecting to see from him more, and I think, and that Steeler defense is very bad. Okay. Well, the back end is bad. Yeah, and I think the the more yeah. defenses adapt and evolve to exploit his weaknesses, he will start to have a couple rough games. You're you're going to see him have to like adapt. Right. But he's still extremely young. He hasn't seen. He hasn't seen. He hasn't a lot seen. Of yeah, he hasn't seen a lot. But what I have seen from him, he isn't getting into one throw. He's stepping into the pocket. He's not afraid of taking hits. Mm-hmm. He's made every kind of throw: lob, bullet, fast, deep, short. He's been accurate. I. I mean, I. I feel. I. I know it's an exaggeration to say that I see flashes of Aaron Rodgers in him because he, he's young. He's only. He's only played. He's only started in three games, but the things he does, he's he's extended plays. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like this isn't going to be a case where it's flash in the pan and once they find out what his weakness is, they can exploit it. I see him leading or go helping lead the charge with someone like Carson Wentz yeah. as the new young faces of the NFL as the old guard starts to mm-hmm. finally phase out. And I see him being someone who can adapt and he'll go through his rough patches this year maybe even some next year but once he once he settles in more he'll be the kind of player that we talk about it like currently now with Breeze Rogers Mannings and stuff mm. like that now obviously it'll be like 10 years or so before he can even attempt it you can even talk about that yeah that kind of stuff but you're going you're going to start seeing more and more of those flashes as he adapts to what defenses try to do to him. Mm-hmm. That was a very good commentary. Yeah. On your own team. Good job, Matt. That was very insightful. Now I'm going to talk about my team. Fuck my team! <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Here's the thing. Oh my god. Alright. Sign read. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, please help this man. Listen, okay. I had to deal with the reason my voice is going today, and that's why my voice just cracked when I yelled that. Um, obviously, we've talked about it. I don't like promoting it a lot. Um, I do a, I do a talk show every Monday from ten to twelve, so I do that, and then I usually on Mondays in between that show and this show I go to work. Yeah, on. Um, and I talk and I work with a lot of sports fans, and we talk about it. So I pretty much just talk all day on Monday. And I've had to have this conversation at least six times today. And it doesn't mean I don't want to have it again because I want to say it as much as I possibly can. Um, Everyone that came up to me today that was a Steelers fan that says, man, our defense sucks. Man, our defense sucks. Man, we can't stop anybody. You can't have a facet of your football team that you rave about one week and then the very next week it sucks. That's not the way it works. Either the defense is good or the defense is bad. Okay. You had a game two weeks ago where you had seven sacks in a football game. You should have had two more turnovers than you had because the pick that we got off of Tyrod got called back as a penalty, and your defense played phenomenally in really bad conditions. They, in a did, si- they did what they could when Ben Roethlisberger turned the ball over six exactly. times. Exactly. Like, for how much they were on the field in that. And you can say, oh, well, it was against the Browns. I don't care it was against the Browns. The Browns had more going into that game as far as them needing to win that football game than next – I mean, these next, these first two games that the Steelers have had have, are the two teams in the Chiefs and the Browns that had the most to prove against your franchise. Bottom line. Like – and this, the Browns going into that game had a lot more known hype. And what I mean by that is, is like everybody knew week one, like, okay, Tyrod is probably the best quarterback they've had. They have this really good receiving core in Gordon and Landry. They have good running backs. They have good defensive players, which Corey now knows how good their defensive players are. I'm, ju- I'm, I'm not making fun of you, but that's true. So uh, the defense... Every, so every single time someone came up to me and said, the defense sucks. I'm like, the defense doesn't suck. The culture sucks. And you said that last night. You sure And did. I'm not stealing it from you, but it, because it's something that I've said for a very long time. The Steelers' culture is, and I, this was the, the analogy I made this morning. 
at, and, and I'm not trying to like get real real talk. I do a lot of real talk on my show because I like to incorporate rea- like reality and real talk into sports because it makes it more effective to think about. At every point, at some point, in everybody's life, whether it's in your education or your job or your relationships, whatever it is, there comes a moment where you have to realize, okay, the way I've been doing this forever doesn't work anymore. I had to do that through school, which is why I almost dropped out and I took a year off because I wasn't. I wasn't the way I was not used to doing things wasn't working anymore. The Steelers need to realize that rolling out of bed and showing up at a football game doesn't work anymore. Like you can't just be we're the Pittsburgh Steelers and it's it's that the whole quote from Tomlin which is the standard is the standard. That has brainwashed the entire team because that entire team must believe that when they take the field that these teams are just going to faint at the sight of black and yellow jerseys. Because, oh my God, it's the mighty Pittsburgh Steelers, and we're just going to fall over and roll over and die. And then the thing that irritates me is that this is two of the last three games the Pittsburgh Steelers have played. That it took getting absolutely smacked in the face for 15 minutes for the team to wake up and be like, holy crap, we have to play a football game and score points. Like, the Jaguars whipped our ass for 15 minutes in the first half of the game. In Pittsburgh. The Browns didn't really whip our ass. It was kind of back and forth. But then the Chiefs scored 21 points unanswered. And then all of a sudden we were like, oh, we have to play football. This team isn't just going to roll over and die. And, And it's just like, and that's what's frustrating to me. It's not frustrating that we lost. Like I said, like if you'd have told me prior to the game, like, hey, the, the Steelers are going to lose by five points, but they're going to score 37. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, I'll accept that. Like, I mean, honestly, like, with the way Mahomes played in the week one, I was like, oh, man, you know, this is going to be a track meet. And a lot of people expected that anyway. What frustrates me is this idea that Pittsburgh fans are just convinced. They are just absolutely convinced that all if, if the Steelers went out and got Jalen Ramsey – that it would solve all our problems. That if we, uh, and my dad's like that. My dad's like, oh man, if we had a good corner, just stick them on someone, we we would be, we would never lose a game. Really? That's that's your mindset. That's what's gonna put the Steelers over the top. Not this ridiculous mindset of we're just so ridiculously talented that we don't need to game plan well, and we can have a cheerleader for a head coach that doesn't know how to game plan and make adjustments at half, and we have personnel that's calling each other out for their contracts and people like saying butt hurt which matt brought to my attention prior to recording where cam hayward said that the team was butt hurt and all that type of stuff um levy on bell's contract and some people in the locker room yelling at him and other people in the locker room supporting him and ben roethlisberger wants to retire and then the minute todd haley's gone oh man i guess i'll play again like or 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 Roethlisberger uh, again, four hundred yards, all the touchdowns. He even uh, put his body on the line for that one rushing touchdown. Yeah, they lost the game. Press conference. Oh, my shoulder kind of hurt. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was playing with a bum elbow, but it wasn't his shoulder. Which uh, is elbow. Funny that is, we, oh yeah, know. no, no. His bum. Yeah. We knew that going into the game though that he had an elbow hurt. Yeah, but he used that as the excuse for yeah. why they lost. That's what oh. I'm saying. Like he uses like it's just Man. makes excuses. For right. Himself. The whole team just constantly makes excuses when I would just so... The only thing I want to happen 
is for one player, whether it's a coach, whether it's an ex-player. That's why I loved James Harrison's criticism of the Steelers on a lot of the Fox networks when he was talking about it. I loved the criticism that James Harrison gave the Steelers because I so badly want ex-Steeler players to come out and be like, you know what? You all suck. You're not good. And you don't play up to your standards. You don't play up to the standard that you've created. And, like, a lot of people say, like, oh, well, like, a lot of people are picking the Steelers. And it's like, oh, and I get this a lot from some people. Like, oh, you don't, I never pick the Steelers to go to the Super Bowl, ever. If they make the playoffs, I meme, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll put the Steelers in place. But, like, when you do the preseason projections, I never put the Steelers in the Super Bowl. And other Steeler fans come up to me and they say, well, why don't you have any faith in our team? Like, it's not that I don't have any faith. I'm logical. And I'm reasonable. Like, there are three teams. In th- we lost to the Chiefs. Okay. We're going to lose to the Jaguars. 1,000%. That's for sure. We're probably going to lose to the Patriots. That means that the, t- the three teams that are probably going to be the one, two, and three seeds in the AFC in some order beat you. I don't give a shit who else you beat. I don't care. I don't care if you beat the Browns twice or once at this point. I don't care if you sweep the Bengals. I don't care if you sweep. I don't care if you beat every single other team that you play this year. The three teams that you're going to have to go and play in the next round of the playoffs all beat you, and they're going to beat you again. And nothing, there is absolutely nothing. It's almost at the point now where I want just the bottom to drop out so that something changes. So that either Mike Tomlin gets fired or Kevin Colbert steps down or Ben Roethlisberger retires, and we could just suck for five years, and rebuild our team back and be revel and be at least like relevant again. Because a lot of people think we are relevant. We're not relevant. We're relevant because of the brand, and we're relevant because last year we went thirteen and three, and we shouldn't have went thirteen and three. We should have went nine and seven because we had four games in a row where we won on game-winning field goals against Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton, Brett Hundley, and Jacoby Brissett. Those were the quarterbacks that we had to almost go to overtime to beat. So, am I salty? Yes, but I'm not salty that we lost. I'm salty because for some ridiculous reason, this has been happening for five years and no one that is a Steeler fan, no one in that covers the Steelers, and no one in the Steelers locker room has the balls to say that that's the problem. Everyone just keeps shrugging their shoulders and be like oh we'll, we'll get them we'll get them next week we're talented what uh have you noticed that uh the crazy juju level celebrations have really ceased well he hasn't scored a lot that was his first touchdown last he, year no last. i mean it was a pretty crazy celebration did you see it he, he did, did a, a naruto he... rasengan well, yeah. yeah but like i'll say this about well he, he's he... not involved like they were like just if you remember <clears throat> i mean the I trajectory mean. here right last year you just started on his own, and then the team got involved, and and like and, and I think that's a big part of like they put a little. Band-aid I mean, we've on only had problem. we've only had two games so far. Put a little so. band aid on the culture problem. There's been a lot of touchdowns in those two games. Mm, put a little band aid yeah. on the culture problem, right? It's been a little, a little more quiet so far this year. Now I could be wrong. I, th- I think. Well, I, th- I think that was part of the band aid. The other part of the band aid was going the thirteen and three. Yeah. Winning games solves problems. Well, the other thing. Surprised. The other thing about the the celebration was that Juju's celebration came on the on the touchdown that tied it. I'm glad that you're not celebrating when you're down twenty one nothing. I don't want to see people celebrating when you're down twenty one nothing. No, fuck it. So right. So like when you're down twenty one nothing and you go twenty one seven. 
Really? No, if, if you're 21 nothing and you get a touchdown to make it 21-7, celebrate. No, I don't like that. Yep. No. At least you, just, you at least you, you just scored. did something. Put yourself back in the game. I don't give a fuck what the score is. You did something. Right. You're okay to celebrate. But I, I don't know why it's a big fucking deal. You don't have to go like, oh, it's still 21-7. Sulk no, 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 I don't, I, no, 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 no. I don't want them to sulk. I'm saying like, okay, you gave up 21 unanswered points. You scored seven. Okay, cool. Congratulations. Get back on the sideline because cool, you got to get out there and Juju score Smith again. Juju Smith-Schuster catches that touchdown. Did Juju Smith-Schuster surrender 21 points? But here's, or did the Steelers' defense surrender 21 points? Well, the Steelers' defense surrendered okay. 21 points. Okay, so why why is it his fucking but here's, fault? Here, no, I'm saying, here's what I'll say about Juju. Juju... Came out on Twitter, uh-huh. and was this? And it sucks because he's twenty-one years old. Yeah, the dude is twenty-one years old, and he's the guy coming out on Twitter saying, talking to the fans, saying, "Hey, did you see his tweet?" No, I missed this one. He pretty much he went on Twitter and he's like, "Steeler fans, like, I know it's rough. I know it's been tough for the first two weeks. Well, really, the last three games." He's like, "But you know, the best part about it is that we have next week to get better." Better, better days are coming. Like, be patient with us. We're going to make it work. We're going to make it happen. You know, we love you all. He's a 21-year-old kid. Why is he saying it? And then you have the, controversially, you have the... You have Antonio Brown. Brown. Saying, well, then trade me. Right. Which I get I get what he was saying to the fan. Right. He's Apparently, he's, he was... I don't know if you saw... Uh, he was like a Pittsburgh Steeler media head of media research really he was with the team for like six years yeah i know that um brown at i get what brown was saying brown was like he's essentially saying that brown is like quote-unquote worthless so brown was kind of like really dude like you're trying to say like i don't contribute to this football team right but that was but he just that, that was also after you see him all game Yelling at people on the sideline. Yeah. And we don't know what he's yelling about. It could be he could be trying to like motivate them and like get your fucking head in the well, game. Well, he was yelling at the coaches. Right. He was not yelling at other teammates. My what do I think? Do you think people are giving him like a, not not that people are giving him a pat? I mean, this guy was like, "Oh, A B Ben made you better, not you made Ben better," and all this stuff. But could you imagine what the media would be like today if it was Odell acting last night like Antonio Brown acted? Oh, it would be awful. It would be it would be the top story. And I think the reason why it's not is because Antonio Brown does have these like I mean, he's a receiver. Like he has these diva moments, but they don't and I mentioned it prior to us recording, you know, Antonio Brown has fits on the sideline, but he's never gotten into fist fights with corners. It's never gone to violence. Like, sure, he punched a water barrel. Like he punched a water cooler. Do major league baseball players take bats to water coolers? And no one's like, oh, you know, whatever. It it's it's the point where Odell kind of like goes over the hill with it. He goes over the top with how upset he gets. Whereas Antonio like gets up the hill, but then like comes down, and he kind of like I th- a lot of a lot of the things that I thought that he was yelling at the coaches about. One was there was a particular moment in the game where. On one of the overthrows that Ben Roethlisberger, which I would under, if if Antonio Brown is frustrated with Ben Roethlisberger, he has every right to be frustrated with Ben Roethlisberger because he's missed him countless times in these first two games. I mean, wildly missed him. So if that's what he's frustrated about, I get it. I think at one point it looked like watching that game where Antonio Brown ran like a deep post route and like Ben missed, and then Brown like. He didn't, like, 
but he looked like he was trying to come out of the game. Like, whether he was, like, dinged up or whether something was hurting or whatever. And they just didn't let him come out of the game. Like, they, like, made him stay out. And then, like, they ran another play. And then Brown, like, walked to the sideline. Just, did like, Brown, like, was like, no, I'm coming out of the game. And I guess, like, he was, from what I saw, he was arguing with the coaches about, like, he wanted to come out of the game for a play or two. And they wouldn't let him. And then whatever. I don't know. Um, I just think that the culture has just spun itself into this mindset of like someone needs to just someone pretty much like I said what I need to like someone needs to say what I said like you know what you all suck and you don't live up to expectations and that's it prove me wrong but no one's gonna do, and that's the thing no one's gonna do that I want my I want my Tomlin to do that so bad I want him to go up to the podium and be like you know we haven't played up to the expectations we set for ourselves because we're distracted with a whole bunch of other things. And if that doesn't change, then we're not going to be able to put a good season together. And if the other players want to complain about it after he says it, then bye-bye. Like I told my, like I, and I, when I mean, when I say this, I mean it, I would rather have us suck this year, just suck and let the bottom drop out. Let Ben Roethlisberger retire. Let Mike Tomlin move on. Let Kevin Colbert move on. Let someone else be our coaching staff. And just let us be bad for two or three years. My team has almost never been bad my entire life. I'm okay with them being bad for two or three years if they means in two or three years they'll at least be relevant. You know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't have Patrick Mahomes if not for that two and fourteen year in a in some weird way. Like no, because yeah. of the way the seasons go out. Like, you wouldn't have Marshawn Lattimore if like the Packers I'm sorry, if the Saints didn't go like seven and nine for three straight years. Like if Aaron Rodgers doesn't get hurt, you don't get ha ha Clinton dicks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, baby. Like that's the way it works. <laughs> he had such a good pick. Right. Yesterday. Like, oh my God. That's, that's but, my boy. Right. But that's the way it works. Like in a weird way in the NFL, you almost kind of have to suck to get better. And the Steelers have not sucked for so long that we haven't gotten better. It's this weird thing. Like, oh, yeah, you not suck, but we haven't gotten better. We're just in this horrible, like, what's that place between heaven and hell? Purgatory. Purgatory, yeah. We're in this horrible purgatory. <laughs> and I'm the, it just seems like, ah, oh, the defense sucks. No, the team sucks. The culture sucks. Ben Roethlisberger played great. Sure, whatever. I don't care. I, he was at home. He was at home. Ben Roethlisberger plays good at home. He... Surprise quarterbacks playing good at home. Yeah, like, surprise. Like, that's hey, a thing to be proud hey, of. Pat Mahomes has only played on the road in his career. That's true. What I'm if he scared, sucks at home? I'm scared like, about that. I thought about it. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> There's too much pressure for pleasing all the fans. Yeah. That wouldn't be true I, because... I mean, no, Pat Mahomes all... is cocky as hell, dude. Yeah, they he won is. that game, and he went on the Twitter, and he's like, there's more to come. And I was like, oh! Yeah. So, oh! okay. So, I'm done bitching about the Steelers. I went on, me and Matt went on for a really long time. Mike Tomlin was handed the keys to a Ferrari. And, and then he crashed it. And then he just didn't do any of the upkeep on it. And now he's ignoring the smoke coming out of right. it. Right. That's a fantastic analogy. Um, I think my phone just died. You yeah, I did. wanting to say that. Um, <laughs> no, I apologize for going so long. Um, last thing I'll, I'll, I'll say to Matt about the Steelers and Chiefs. And then I don't know how much time we've, how long have we been going? 
over an hour. Over an hour. Okay, we'll we'll talk about like some other stuff that we haven't talked about, like the like the Packers and Vikings we'll, tie. We'll, we'll talk about the um, tie and touch on the other games. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, so, this was just the biggest moment for half the table. It's fine. No, it's fine. Um, I mean, like, well, no, I, I, I like the fact that Corey went first about the Pat Shermer stuff. It was great. Um, Made me happy. It did. So the only, the last thing I'll say, and it's a meme, so I apologize, but it's uh, a meme. It's okay. Okay, so Pat Mahomes beats the Steelers, and everyone's like, okay, finally, the triangle in the AFC is broken, right? What if what, what if he didn't break it? It got reversed. What if it just got reversed? They, what if he just swapped the reverse yeah. Uno card? What if he just swapped <laughs> the polarity of the AFC? So now the Steelers are going to beat the Patriots all the time, and the Patriots are always going to beat the Chiefs. What what if Pat Mahomes <laughs> just reversed the polarity? His he presence threw was the ball so well he that threw it reversed it, the yeah. time space continuum. He threw the ball so hard <laughs> that it reversed the polarity of a conference in the NFL. That's scary because then I get to watch us lose in the AFC Championship game the next few years. Welcome to my world. <laughs> Welcome to the life I've had for 5 years. Not that we're, not that we've gone to the AFC Championship that much. Actually, we haven't gone in a very long time. So, um, anyway, can we talk about some other games? Oh man, can All we right. talk about the fact that the game of the year is gonna be a tie? Because that was yeah. game of the year. Oh that was God. so good. All right. So normally we're like, man, it was a tie. I'm I'm not. That sucks. I'm not mad. I'm not disappointed. No, I'm really not. Um, you should have lost. Let's be honest. That game. Real quick, how would you feel if you spent a hundred million dollars on a quarterback just to be able to tie with a hurt Aaron Rodgers? Um, well, Aaron Rodgers is a hundred million dollar quarterback yeah, too. The fact that right. you paid a hundred million dollars for a quarterback who came out and was hurt and managed to tie maybe the that, second best like team two, in the NFC. Yeah, there's like two. There's, there's two sides to the coin, I guess. I there know, is. But I'm just saying, like at, from Minnesota's percent, from the fans' perspective. You just spent $100 million on a quarterback for the next three years. Not the next six years. Not the next five years. The next three years. And the best you could do against a hurt Aaron Rodgers was tie. I would say, I mean, I guess it depends on how you think as a fan or whatnot. I mean, he but played really good. They had to score 22 points in the fourth quarter to tie the game. So, like, that's what I'm, But I'm just saying, that's all you were able to do. No, no, no. I trust me. Like I'm sure there are a lot of Vikings fans that are mad. Like, wow! Like it took it. Like what he's like what Matt said. It took 22 points. We have the best. We have the best defense in the league. We have a decent offensive line. We got a good receiving core. We just paid 100 million dollars, and the only thing we can do against a team with Aaron Rodgers, a ragtag team of receivers, and rookie cornerbacks, and Clay Matthews. He, that's the, now that this is twice now. He's not adjusting well. Not a lot of defenders aren't, but he especially is not adjusting no, well to the new tackle rules on quarterbacks. It's not even that he's he's old, he's slow, and oh, he's yeah, frustrated. Yeah. I've been that he's for not his... getting to the quarterback faster, yeah. and he's taking it out on the quarterback and getting caught on his fucking bullshit. I've been calling for him to be let go for two years now. Right, you really I'm have. Tired I re- preseason episodes. Go back and listen to our catalog. I am you were saying tired it. of Clay Matthews. He's now, overpaid, underperforms every game. The two tackles he's made, the two sacks he's made, were penalties. Yeah. 
In in his slight defense, the one that was controversial was controversial because it shouldn't have been. Uh, according to the higher up ref staff, they, it should have, and they sent out videos actually to every team this morning. I think it's this morning or tomorrow morning. They're sending them out, le- explaining why it was a penalty. You, the reason why it was, it was a, penalty a penalty is because essentially what they really want these defend these defensive players to do is to pretty much like hit these quarterbacks like essentially like in their stomachs like in their waists so that you're essentially like you're you're hitting them but it's not like the first part of their body that is hitting the ground is not their shoulders it's going to be like their lower back and their hips that's essentially what they want them to do but like in the moment depending upon like what angle you're coming from you can't lower your body soon enough, you know. Now I will say the Clay Matthews is a hack. We all know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Clay Watch Matthews that. is a hack, and me and you have talked about this numerous times. Where the move that the Packers did uh, a number of years ago, where they just didn't have inside linebackers and they moved Clay Matthews to inside linebacker, absolutely ruined him. Oh yeah, killed him. Because when you have a a, a not to say Clay Matthews is small, but like. Four three outside linebackers, right, have a very specific body type. They're very lean. They're thick. I mean, they're musk. They're strong guys, but they're very lean. Most of the time, they're really short and and they're not stout. They're not like Dante Hightower. Okay, Dante Hightower is a middle linebacker in the NFL, right? Luke Keekley is a middle linebacker. Just look at his body. C.J. Mosley, like C.J. Mosley, Ryan Shazier, like. I'm, I'm you're the middle linebacker that you had for a long time that just retired. Derek Johnson. De- like Derek Johnson. Like he's got the body type of a middle linebacker, right? Clay Clay Matthews should not have ever been a middle linebacker because it ruined him because he was in on every he was already kind of injury prone, and then he was had to be essentially in on every single tackle that the Packers made on defense, and it ruined him. And then they said, okay, no, I'll go back out and play outside outside linebacker and rush the passer, and he can't do it. So I agree with you, both, both of you, in the sense that he's essentially just frustrated with the fact that he can't get to the quarterback, and he's either choosing to not adjust or he's just incapable of doing so because he's not good enough. There are – there have been how many sacks in the NFL this past – these two weeks – I mean the bear, the bears the bears have 10. The bears alone have 10 and the not once have the bears been flagged. They've had 10 sacks. The Steelers had 6 in a game, not one time. There were two in the Chiefs Packers, the two there were two believe it or not there were actually defensive plays in that game. <laughs> there were two sacks in that game. None of them flagged. The Panthers had 6 sacks week 1. They had another Four weeks? No, they got the Matt Ryan three times. I think. Yeah, not one was flagged. Not one of them. Not one of them was flagged. Right. To me, I, I feel it feels kind of obvious. I know, like I, I know, like the talking point. You can't hit him high. You can't hit him low. You can't hit him anywhere. No, if you just regular tackle and you bring him to the ground and you don't like plop on them as you fall, you're fine. You could do you could do regular clean tackles like you've been taught your whole life. Well-disciplined teams, well-disciplined players aren't going to make them that up, mistake. Wrap, wrap the quarterback up around the waist and drag him to the ground. Does does there need to be a little more consistency from the refs? Yeah. Maybe. 
I and I kind of see them erring on the side of caution because you can. It's I know you talked about the film that they sent out to the teams from the like head office, but uh, like ex head officials Pereira and Blandino went on tirades today saying it shouldn't have been a thing. So it's at the very least debatable. You have like the Miles Garrett hit from last week that it was bad. That one was actually bad. That was the front office saying, "Yeah, we shouldn't have called that there." That's the and that's the thing you're saying. The the issue here is that. Like, the head officials in the NFL are saying, yeah, that should be a penalty. But then you have ex-head of officials saying, that should not be a penalty. Right. That's the problem. The problem is is that there's 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 confusion about it at that level. So, I can't imagine what it must be like for these field officials that can't figure it out when the head guys are arguing with each other about what's supposed to be a flag or not. There, right. There's This is going to be... What it's the from, new catch rule. No, from the impression I got from the first two weeks, there's going to be an adjustment from defensive players, and it's going to be we've seen it. I've seen the Bears do it twice tonight, and I've seen it countless times already in the first two weeks. The def- pass rushers are gonna are adjusting. The good ones are adjusting to not even try to really get sacks if they can. They're going just go for the ball. They're going for the ball, and they got Russell Wilson twice tonight with it. He only lost one of them. Uh, I've seen it multiple times already this year, and it's Dante they, Fowler got Brady. Right, it makes Dante sense. Fowler didn't even try to hit Brady. Sense. If you go it, like it makes perfect. You're getting if, even if the quarterback falls back on the ball, you get the same result right. with no chance of a penalty. Mm-hmm. No it's, guarantee you get the ball. No, out, I actually right. thought about that today. Where like we're gonna transition to a period in the NFL where like, a lot of people are gonna say, "Oh, you're not gonna see those defensive battles anymore." Like. No, what you, you you're gonna you're, see turnover battles. You're, you're gonna see turnover battles. You're just gonna see, yeah, you're gonna see these really, really good defensive players just being able to get to the quarterback and just knock the ball out of their hands, which, in a weird way, is almost kind of better when right. you really think about it. I mean, like, yeah, because first of all, the in, you're gonna save a lot on injuries. Absolutely, like, for sure, yeah. for sure, which is a good thing. But like, it's it better for the game, NFL. It makes the game in, more interesting too. The turnover stuff. Right. Yeah. Especially now because, like... Because, right. Go ahead. Oh, I know no. we, we talked about this a while ago, and I don't know if we talked about it on the show or not, but you said yourself, like, sacks don't really, like... No. They don't really matter too much. Like, they don't... Not in today's they, NFL. They don't really matter. They're, like, a more hyped-up stat than what they should be. Uh, it, now, I, sacks... I, I, I argue it... I argued it depends on what down it is. Yes. Yeah. Sacks on third down that. are huge. Right. Sacks on first down don't matter. Right. You're you're the way the NFL works nowadays. If you get a, a five yard sack on someone at second down and fifteen, only, good quarterbacks can get fifteen only, yards. In two only plays. way that it's a good is if you're going against Pat Shermer or Matt Nagy. Yeah. <laughs> like, what difference does it make second down and fifteen to Drew Brees? Doesn't right. matter. What difference does it make to Ben Roethlisberger or Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes? Doesn't make a difference. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson will just run for it. Russell Wilson will just run for 15 he did, he yards. He did it like three or four times yeah. in that game. So, like, that's... It was like... It was like Corey's bad about it. Like 12 and, but, or 15, he just, but that's the thing, like, and I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about that today. Like, these people that are like, oh, man, you can't, you know, it's just going to be nothing but scoring. Like, no, these defensive players are just going to adjust to being like, you know what, man? I'm just going to go for the ball. Screw the quarterback. I don't even care. Because the quarterback's going to shy away from you. Either the quarterback's just going to fall down and die, or he's going to rear back to throw it, and 
players like Khalil Mack are just going to just run up and just smack the ball backwards out of their hands. And then that counts as a sack for you, a forced fumble recovery. And potentially a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And it's more fun. Now, I will – okay. More exciting, baby. Now, okay, there is a, a level to it where I'm like, okay, right. you, need, like, to, you need to be able to tackle the quarterback. Right. You need to be able to at least tackle him. You know what I mean? But as we mentioned, we're trying to be fair here. There have been dozens of sacks in the first two weeks oh, of the yeah. NFL. I'm absolutely not in that camp of people who are like, oh, my God, the NFL's ruining defects. Like, no, no, it's it's business as usual as far as I can see. I don't. Scoring, it, this is like the third or second. You know what's funny about it? This is like the third highest average score that we've ever seen in the NFL. Do you know what, like, second place was? It's back in the 80s. When you could actually murder offensive players, like it's just it's just an environment, or it's just a change in the league in general. It's the the way the league shifts do, all the time. Do you want to know the last time? Because uh, that was the, in, in like in the eighties, it was like really high, the scoring, the the highest, or it was either that was the highest, and then this was the second highest. Because right now, this season so far has been third. You know what the other season was? Nineteen sixty-one. No, the year they changed the catch rule. And then the following year, it went back down again. So if this year we have to have three more points scored on average, and then next year it's just going to go back to normal as defensive players adjust. Yeah, what, what do we talk about all the time, or even I talked about earlier? Defensive coordinators and defensive players are too smart in this day and age. They'll adapt. The NFL is a chameleon. It adapts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it will. Like, like I said, though, it's not, it's not huge. Like, it's, and, it's a weird rule. It's a confusing rule. It's not making a really significant impact yet. Not yet. No, because quarterbacks can still get injured. Right. Aaron Rodgers literally got injured in the he first place. He still play. got hurt, and that was yeah. just and that, it was complete happenstance. Just the dude right. fell on his leg, and something. there's nothing that dude could have done. Yeah. It just happened. And amazingly enough, bringing it right back to this game, uh, Rodgers played through it way better than I expected. He, Way um, better than I expected. And he got hit a lot. He did, and he, he was got fine. Hit. He got and hit. And he scrambled a... and would run for like ten yards. And I'm like, Aaron, how you do this? At, at first, he, I think even even the Vikings defense, and it probably caught them off guard a lot. Where they expected a Rodgers who would need complete protection, he would sit in the back and he would have to take hits. Well, in, in the words of Corey, he would just RPO. He would yep. just RPO. And did not see that this game. This was Rodgers in his do, normal. Do point. you want to know why they didn't RPO? Because that's what they expected him to do? Well, no, because their running backs all still suck. <laughs> still didn't yeah. have a running game. No, <laughs> still no, don't actually, have one. Actually, the yardage was not that bad. The yardage wasn't bad, but, uh, like, Ty against... had a very good game. Against the Vikings, like, you're not going to run the ball against the Vikings. Ty had a good game, actually. It was actually a good game. I will say, though, like, just real quick, though, getting to the whole Matt, like, saying the NFL is a chameleon thing. Dude, what the Bears are doing... Is the perfect example. Like, teams are going to look... Now, obviously, no one ha- not everyone has Khalil Mack. But, like, how the Bears are approaching getting after the quarterback and how they're hitting them. Because the Bears haven't been flagged yet. Right. And the Bears lead the league in sacks right now. So, everyone's just going to be like, okay, what are the Bears doing? How are they hitting these quarterbacks? And everyone's going to look at that. And then, literally, what Matt said, just go to the defensive players and say, do this. Right. And the defensive players are going to be like, oh, okay. I could do that. Right. Uh... You won't do that? Clay Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> the old fuddy-duddies. Mostly because the ball's not going to be in the quarterback's hand by the time he gets there anyway. Also true. Uh, 
Yeah. Get him out! That's true. Please, for the love of God! Make Mike Daniels play every position on defense. Oh, my God. I love him. Mike Daniels is really good. What a, what a great – Is Nick Perry still a Packer? He was pretty good for a little while. No. I don't remember. I don't remember if Nick Perry's still there. Um, what uh, Do you want to talk about the, whatever happened? Well, we, kinda, we talked a little bit about the Saints-Browns yeah, game. We, we kind of got off topic with Justin a little bit. We didn't talk about his game too much. We just talked about Clay. Well, I mean, that are, game are was – I mean, the game was spectacular. Okay, it was... so, yeah, yeah, I was going to go on a, a tangent, but then we'd start talking about Clay Matthews. I'll, I'll, I'll summarize it really more quickly than I was expecting. Uh, I'm not I'm not mad, not upset, not nothing. Should have lost that game. Really should have lost that game. Uh, yeah. The defense still bad. No, no reason to let – any like even if the Vikings and they do it a lot. They did it. They did it a lot last year. A lot of fourth quarter comebacks. Almost did it again this year. Uh, there is twenty two points in the fourth quarter. Yep. They they they've been doing this. This isn't anything new. And like I, I, the pa- that's why Vikings fans shouldn't be that upset. It's because this is nothing new for this team. The pass that Kirk Cousins completed to Adam Thielen in the end zone. Oh my Ooh. god! I want to die. I have absolutely Ooh, no idea how that happened. Okay, so that's a hundred million dollars over three years, right there. Yeah, that's I, it. <laughs> I hung out with Shively afterwards, and he was like, "There's a catch that uh, Adam Thielen had that, you know, Kuiper's going all over about, and I don't see the big deal." And I was like, "Okay, so Kuiper's probably just hyping something up." And then he showed me the video. I'm like, "Kuiper's absolutely right. I don't know what's wrong." <laughs> 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 that was, there is that went through three defenders. Straight into his belly and as he he's went, falling yeah, down. And he's just like, okay, take the baby. It down literally goes in between three Packers players, and Adam Thielen's like, it hits him like right in the tummy. If you like, if you showed me like game film of that throw, and but had like all the players as silhouettes, I would have been like, oh, Aaron made a good throw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's, that's what it looked like. Kirkhouse is good. He really good. You could have substituted. Not good. Wrong. You could have substituted the purple for the green. And be like, oh, that's Jordy. Right. <laughs> nope. Oh, that's Adam man. Thielen. He it had a- still cuts deep. He had an okay game. He had an okay game for Oakland. Uh, Oakland still lost though. But hey, they could have really used a pass rush when Case Keenum drove him down the field and kicked a field goal. What? Could have really used Khalil Mack at that moment. Could've Maybe really used some halftime adjustments from a good coaching staff. Maybe they did it two games in a row. <laughs> Right? I just, I can't, I can't. Man, okay, Gruden goes from, yeah, we made the right decision on Khalil Mack to, now he's like, oh, hindsight's 50-50, but I got faith. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, Gruden, you're absolute trash. (laughs) Did he really say that? Yes. Hindsight's 50-50? Hindsight's 50-50. I think we made the right decision still. We're... Were people I want to smoke. (laughs) Listen, were, were people at ESPN feeding him things to say god i don't know dude because he was really profound when he was taught because like the stuff he'd say during the broadcast like wow that's great (laughs) everything he has said as an oakland raider head coach has been like do you mean that (laughs) do you mean that john now he has to work on showing his team game plans from or gameplay from the 80s instead of fucking Dude, I, I working on things it. to say with his writing staff. It. I will reference what the Jericho statement about that. I didn't Every even know single they time. Had. 
<laughs> what Jared Cook? Of, what did Jared Cook say? Did, did we brought this up in the preseason. This was many weeks ago. It was in an old Jub Jub report. It was in an old Jub oh, was report. it? Okay. Uh, Jared Cook made a statement talking about them preparing in the preseason, and uh, he was like, "Oh, Coach Gruden's is just showing us some old tape from the '80s." Didn't know they had tape from this long ago. Not not sure why he's showing us this. <laughs> it's like, me neither, dude. <laughs> Man, and the funny thing about that is, like, Jared Cook's been, like, the feature piece on that offense. Yeah, and he's he is just as confused as everybody else. I bet he is. <laughs> uh, there's you, What's with this uh, trend that, like, uh, Marshawn Lynch has a really good first quarter and then disappears the last three? Because... He's old and tired. Because the first two, I don't know. Remember last year with Jordy, where Mm -hmm. he had a really good first quarter and then disappeared for the Mm -hmm. last three? All right, all right, all right. That was, yeah. These old boys get tired, man. That might be a thing. Amari Amari Cooper finally, like, became a wide receiver again. Ten receivers, or ten receptions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did you see the last one? No. Okay, the last play, I thought they were going to try some razzle-dazzle. You know, they were down uh, one point. Yeah. Was it, like? With 14 seconds or six seconds getting mm-hmm. the ball back, uh, <laughs> Amari Cooper gets the ball and he doesn't lateral or anything. He just starts running down the field and sees a defender coming and just steps out of bounds. <laughs> and then he just shrugs. <laughs> He's like, that's going to look good on the stat sheet, I guess. <laughs> wow. Like, doesn't wow. lateral it, nothing. Like, it just like, He's like, oh, this is done. Speaking of... I just want to go work for my account. the most yeah. expensive experiment of all time, and it did not work. Speaking of... The chemicals didn't mix! Speaking of funny, like, bonehead moments, did you see that... We're talking about... Now Now it comes the part of the episode where we're like, did you see this? It's like the final... Like, the name of the like the name of this segment is, did you see? <laughs> um, did you see the end of the Texans-Titans game? No. Okay. I have a song that I, that I came up with on the way here. Okay, and it's oh, a, no. it's a it's a it's a cover. It's it's a I guess it's a this cover. Is, this is why you're losing your voice. Yeah, I mean it's it's not like I'm singing really loud. I'm just gonna be whispering because it's a Neil Young song. But it's it's a rendition of Neil Young's uh, "Hey Hey My My," and it's about uh, it's about what happened yesterday. Yeah, and it's just "Hey Hey My My," and imagine the guitar right. He goes. Deshaun Watson is just all right. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, Deshaun so, Watson doesn't want you to quit on them, though. He, he in his press conference, don't quit on us, guys. We coming. Deshaun, they're in a, they're in a moment where okay, they're down three. Deshaun has to throw the ball and get and have someone get out of bounds so they can get down and kick a field goal. He snaps the ball with double digit seconds left. And just holds it. For like, wasn't it like 14 seconds? For like 14 seconds. Just holds it. And then throws it to DeAndre, who is in the smack in the middle of the field. And they lose. And I was like... To Blaine Gabbert, by the way. To Blaine, yeah. To Blaine Gabbert, by the way. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good call on your part. <laughs> so, um, first, in week one, Bill O'Brien didn't know his job. <laughs> Now, in week two, Deshaun Watson doesn't know his job. Because your job in that moment is, is anybody open on the sideline? Throw it out of bounds. That takes three seconds. Not 14. 
He literally ran around and just waited for people to get open and then didn't even throw it to the end zone. He threw it to, like, the 20, and DeAndre caught it. And pretty much did the same thing Amari Cooper did. Just got up and was like, Ugh. well, that's a catch in yardage that doesn't really matter. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to keep beating this. Like, I, I don't want to come out every single week and just beat this drum that I knew the Texans weren't going to be very good, and I knew Deshaun wasn't that good. But, like, he's right now, for two weeks, he's it's like that song. He's just all right. He's not. Not Michael Jordan, like a lot of people thought he was. And then no, nobody, nobody really talked about that Ramsey. much. But man, Philip Rivers had a good week too. Philip Rivers? Yeah, he did. He did. Melvin Gordon had a better day. Oh my God, he had a dang Jesus good Christ. day. Jesus Christ, dang old. He, oh, he made Vontae Davis retire. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Sure did. Damn. This Get him a, out of here, you this, fuck. This isn't a fantasy show, but I had Melvin Gordon in a couple on my or daily. Oh boy. Yeah, it's good. Well, I got my money back, but this isn't this isn't a fantasy show. It's fine. Uh, so that was about an hour and a half. I want I want to touch on real quick. Uh, if you follow us on Twitter, I encourage you also follow us on Facebook. Yeah, we're trying to update. Uh, I I for some reason I'm just more like prevalent to post on Facebook than anything. I don't know what it is like because Twitter I just get like lost. Like, I go on Twitter to tweet something, and I end up just getting lost in, like... In the scroll. In the scroll yeah. of Twitter. Whereas Facebook truth. has, like, the very first thing you see when you open up Facebook is that story BS thing. And I'm like, I don't want to scroll. <laughs> so I just post on Facebook. <laughs> so, uh, and especially because, like, it always happens. Like, my Twitter, my Facebook feed is always, like, the same five people posting, like, garbage and go <laughs> right dude um i hate so facebook. not to, not to lose any advertising but facebook is garbage <laughs> i mean please follow us on us. facebook <laughs> but no no i encourage you to follow us on facebook because every single week uh sunday before the game start we will be posting uh fad pod picks hashtag fad pod picks this is the first week of it and uh i believe all of us went I believe it was because we didn't pick the Thursday game. We all went eight five. No, we all went eight five and one. That is insane. All of us. We all went eight five and one, despite us only agreeing on five games. I felt like I did terrible. This week. No, you did. You actually did better than all of us. We were all at five losses, but then you had the Seahawks winning. So it knocked you down to five and bumped us up to nine. Right. So we were all uh, eight. Thought... We were all eight, five. No, am I doing my math wrong? No, it was nine, five, and one. It's messing me up because we did pick the Thursday game and there was a tie. So we're all, we were all nine, five, and one despite only agreeing on five games. Mm. It's pretty I crazy. I thought about That's picking the Bears tonight, but I was like, Matt Nagy's a pussy. <laughs> so, you know what was really unique about our picks? Come back next week and tell me which coach is pussy next week. <laughs> Corey's pussy coach of the week. <laughs> oh, man. We have another segment. We got the Jubby Report, and then immediately following the Jubby Report, the seed pot. We have the, <laughs> we have the Corey pussy, pussy coach of the week. Oh, wait, you, oh, I was just going to Corey. <laughs> it would be coach. Otherwise, it would be Corey pussy <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Be prepared next week. So, also, just a, a ding on us. We didn't, oh, mention, we, didn't mention, we didn't mention this game at all, and it's I, it's one of only like two or three games we didn't talk about today. So I'll get to that one last. Just quick hits. Rams are still good. Arizona still sucks. 
Holy crap of the Arizona. Rams. Miami is 2-0. Arizona is really bad. Miami doesn't know they're bad yet. Miami doesn't know they're bad yet. They do this a lot. They do. And for week two, we were wrong about the Falcons. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, <laughs> shit, we were. Damn it. We're one and one on the Falcons, guys. We need them to lose next week. Arizona's in the 30s in my I still rankings, have the Falcons winning Jesus. 10 games. This bad. Like, so did all of you. Not me. I didn't. I didn't win in, like, seven. Yeah. Oh, what? I, I forgot about that. Yeah, you guys are wrong. They're going to win 10 games. Dude, the Falcons needed Matt Ryan to rush for two touchdowns. <laughs> because their their red zone their red zone offense is so bad that Matt Ryan is running the ball in and helicoptering like John Elway <laughs> to get into the end zone. That was kind of insane. I saw another copter this week. Who was it? Shit. Oh, uh I don't remember. I know there wasn't there was another one. I don't remember who it was. Was it a Fitzpatrick copter? No, Fitzpatrick uh, didn't have a rushing touchdown okay. this week. He had one last week. He didn't have one this week. Okay. And then we, we barely touched on it, but I, we barely mentioned it, and Jacksonville destroyed New England. They're going to win the AFC, dude. They they should. They're going to win the AFC. They should until Pat Mahomes comes. I knew Patty, I knew Matt was going to say cakes, that. Patty Cakes Mahomes taking the AFC by storm, baby! It's coming! Do you hear the thunder? Yeah, it's coming. Yeah. Anyway, guys... Uh, wait. Oh, are we just not doing the "Where you listening to us" anymore? Awesome. Oh, so next week, I'm gonna talk. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about the Colts. <laughs> Man, you wanna talk about the Dolphins? <laughs> oh shit! Hey. All right. Uh, we haven't done them yet. Ep- <laughs> hey. Uh, episode title: Colts and Dolphins. <laughs> Do you- do you want to? For those of you that are audio listeners, which is all of you, Justin is actually crying. Like, it's my own joke. I feel like a dick. That was fun. Uh, Matt. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, that's right. I'm the host. Yes, Justin? So, where. Where, I don't even know understand why you do this, but like, where are you listening to us right now? Even though you're listening to us right now, so it's a conundrum. It helps to remind the people. Sometimes they could have short-term memory loss, like Dory from Finding Nemo, and they're like, what am I doing? How did this happen? Or Pat Shermer. Or Pat Shermer. <laughs> Can't handle anything. It took one too many hits to the head. I don't even know if he was a player, but it happened. He could be suffering CTE. And if you have CTE and you need to know where you're listening to us at. Every night since Pat Shermer left the Vikings, Mike Zimmer has snuck into Shermer's house as he was sleeping and punched him in the head. Every day, Pat Shermer wakes up with a huge headache. He's just like, why do I have a headache every day I wake up? He always misses his first alarm because he's unconscious. Zimmer's petty like that, dude. I would not be surprised. Oh, my God. Dead of night, he's wearing his fucking dad shades. Oh, my goodness. It's it's bad. So if that happens... He's got a pillowcase full of bars of soap. So if you have if you have a if you have a Zimmer stalker and you need to know, you could be listening on iTunes, Google Play. Uh, one day we keep saying we're gonna upload to YouTube. 
you know, it might never happen. We're hosted on podcasts.com. We want to change that, but we're broke. Um, Give me money. Yeah. I'll we, change hosts. Can we have money? That'd be cool. Um, we'll talk about you guys if you host us. Right? It's, we you, will. Give us money, and we'll shout you out, and we'll use your talking points and anything that you want to say. We don't have a spot. We don't have a will way for you. you to, we don't have a way for you to give will. us money yet, but we will set that up. You will <laughs> make it on Corey's pussy CEO of the week <laughs> list. <Yeah. laughs> if you don't want to be on, if you don't want to be Corey's <laughs> pussy coach of the week, you'll give us money. Anyway, uh, we're on social media. We said to follow us on Facebook, but that's at uh, FADPOD. That's F-A-D-P-O-D. Is that F-A-D-P-O-D? Yeah, you did it. Yes, yeah, F-A-D-P-O-D. I know your roles. Thank you. Aw, you're so good to me. Um, it's also on Twitter, F-A-D-P-O-D. We <laughs> I'm losing it, man. Um, oh, man. We have individual Twitter, such as at Corion Sports. He hates garbage time. I found that out over the course of the show. <laughs> um, you have at Real Nate Kuiper. That's me. At your boy Jusby. And yeah. at whatever I am. Left Enjamin. L- left Enjamin. I prefer being called Lefty, but, you know, Left Enjamin. L-F-T-E-N-J-A-M-I-N. It's hard to get Lefty on the internet. It's You'd be surprised how many times you can't use the name Lefty in a username. You know how hard it is to get the name Jusby? It's that, hard to get Jusby. Yeah. yeah, that surprises me because I've never heard just, it. I can't. That's why. I, see, that's the thing me. though. Like, that's why I made my Twitter handle real Nate Kuiper because I was the only real one. <laughs> hey, All the rest you, of them were fake. It's true. Damn. Well, so there I'm you go. Only Jusby. Damn. Uh, maybe I need to. Can you change your Twitter handle? Can I be the real lefty? <laughs> Yeah, you can. Change I change mine all the time. Oh, yeah. wait, really, really? Oh, and Corey changes his, like, no, no, every no, no. Tuesday. I mean, I mean you I change your at, not yeah, your you name. Can. You can you change can your that. at? You can change your yeah. at. Yeah, you have mine to do Mine was my old, like, uh, like Sand Sand Manatee. Manatee. Yeah, but now you know, it's your boy, Jazz. Yeah. You know, how do you do that? I need to do that. Do I'm going to do it. Desktop site. Okay, well, we're getting off track. Do you know who doesn't know how to change his Twitter handle? Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer, because he's the Corey Pussy Coach of the Week. Stay tuned next week to figure out. Pussy Coach of the Week. Thank you, everybody. That was Football After Dark. I love you. I don't.